1: And good morning! It is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. We have survived Snowmageddon here in our area in Texas. And this is the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Today, we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, In a little while, we'll be talking with David Niles and Adam Minahan. David and Adam are co hosts of the Catholic Man Show. They also started the St. Michael Catholic radio station in Tulsa. And we're going to uh, chat with them about how that came about and the Catholic Man Show and all kinds of good things. But uh, as uh, always, first, we'd like to welcome anyone listening to us here on KEDC 88.5 FM Hearn Bryan College Station. And also our Central Texas listeners on KYAR 98.3 FM, Lorena, Waco. And a shout out to our listeners in Palestine on KINF 107.9 FM. We're live, so uh, if you have something that you would like to share with our listening audience about what's going on in your parish or any concerns you might have give us a call 85 love red sea that's 8556837332 This morning I am blessed to be joined in the studio by both our president and our station manager our general manager Dennis Maka and Dr. Thaddeus Romanski Good morning guys Good morning, Deacon Mike, how are you? I am doing great, how are you? Yeah, we're doing really well.
2: We're uh, very excited about our next, uh, our guests in the second half of the hour, or the second three-fourths of the hour, and uh, just, they're just great guys. We've known them for a long time since, uh, we'll go into, more into this, but since uh, the, the bishop ordination of, or the installation, I guess, of uh, Bishop David Connerly in Oklahoma.
1: Yes, that is how, you, how are you this you this morning.
0: I'm doing so well, Deacon Mike. I mean, it has been a, just a stress-free morning, no agitation <laughs> or any problems, and it's just been it's been nice. And I'm looking forward to talking to these guys again, who um, run the Catholic Man Show and run St. Michael's Radio up there in uh, Oklahoma.
1: Now, Thaddeus is being facetious because when I walked in here this morning, both he and Dennis were sweating. Because they were trying to work out all these connections that weren't working. At, Luckily, I know. put antiperspirant on this morning. Uh, <laughs> lucky for us. No,
2: it's it's all good. We're, we're, we're going to talk to these guys one way or another. It's just not the way we originally
1: had planned. But we'll work it out. One of the things is that there's always a way to make this work. Exactly. So, exactly. And uh, we did not even have to go to plan C. No. So, you know. Life you got, is
2: that
0: good.
1: Cat skinned. You got that catskin yeah Got that skinned. <laughs> yet? Uh, right yet? Always a possibility that something can still go wrong. Oh, it, it's a beautiful day outside. Not sure what it is
2: up there for those guys in Oklahoma. They're probably about ten degrees cooler, but it's a really nice day outside. So it's going to be a great show.
1: Uh, one of the things I don't want to pass up on is I would like to send a shout out to our pastor at St. Anthony's here in Bryan, Woo-hoo. Father Joseph of who on March 3rd celebrates not only his birthday, but also he celebrates his ordination. So it's a double celebration for Father Joseph. So uh, shout out to him and uh, a thanks for all that he does for our parish. And uh, we just want to, congratulate you missionary
0: priest long way from home
1: yes thank you he, for your uh, service he
0: has been a great pastor at, at saint anthony's and we love you very much father joseph happy birthday wishes and thanks be to god on
2: your ordination
1: anniversary too
2: he's been here in town for six years mm-hmm. so yes time flies wow.
1: yes it's amazing You blink and, well, I can't believe that we're already in March in 2021. It's It's okay with me. (laughs) Yeah. The faster we're done with it, the better. We thought 2020 was bad. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, It is a continuous reminder that we need God. Amen to that. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of which, one of the things I wanted to talk about in the first segment of the show is I don't know how many of our listeners have noticed there's been a subtle change in the Mass. Uh, How is that? In the opening prayer called the Collect, uh, it usually ends with a doxology. And that usually goes uh, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Right, right. Well, starting Ash Wednesday, the one has been dropped because in the Latin translation, that one was never really there. And so when it was translated into English, the one was added. Nothing wrong with the one being there because it is a Trinitarian formula. It informs us that we believe in the Trinity. Three persons in one God. Three persons in one God. But the reason it wasn't originally in there in the Latin is because the doxology actually was written as a response to Arianism. Mm -hmm, Not surprising. The denial that Jesus was God. Right. And so... What the doxology was intended to communicate was that Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever, reminds us that Jesus is, has been, and always will be God. And I find it fascinating sometimes how one minor change can completely change the meaning of something. And why it is so important that when we have translations that we do them correctly.
0: Yeah, and if you want to talk about one change, I mean, we can go even one better than a word. Speaking of Arianism, the formula in the, the uh, statements of Nicaea, where this was adjudicated in the 4th century, homoousios, was that they are the same substance, which is the correct formula? And the Arians tried to say, oh, "Well, let's just let's add an I in there—the Greek letter iota, homoi, homoiousios, which is like substance, similar, similar substance. substance." And that's, you know, that's pretty close, right? I mean, that's close yes. enough, guys, and everyone can agree about that. And Athanasius, Saint Athanasius of Alexandria, especially, stood against that and said, "No, it must. It, the the correct, the truth is." Homo usias, the same
1: substance. Yes, Saint Athanasius is my favorite saint. Mm. Uh, it's part of the uh, reason for that is he was a deacon for most of the time that he was. Yeah, he was uh, active in Nicaea. So, uh, but the importance of wording is something that uh, in our culture has gotten sort of lost. That yeah. we assign meanings. At whim, and so it's always a good reminder of how one tiny little word can yeah. completely change the meaning of something.
2: Right. When did, when was this change made? Uh, it uh, became recently. effective
1: Ash Wednesday. Yeah.
2: I I actually, you know, it's like something went off in my head, but I couldn't figure out what it was different, and now I know.
1: There you go. But. uh we get so used to the routine of something that when we hear it over and over again it doesn't always register till there's a change made. Right. Yeah. And then our ears go, "Whoa. That doesn't sound right. What's going on?" So I thought it'd be a good idea to explain yes, I'm glad what we happened. Did. I'm glad we did. One of the other things I wanted to talk about, we usually talk about a saint of the day in our first segment. And today, the church celebrates the memorial of St. Catherine Drexel. She is an American saint, and she has a fascinating story. Uh, Her father was an international banker, had his own private railroad, and uh, The positive example in her life for charity was her mother, who opened her home to the poor three days of each week, and uh, for piety, her father spent half an hour each day in evening prayer. And so, with their fortune, you know, they were always charitable. Um, She was uh, well-educated, traveled quite a bit, and... She was very disturbed by the plight of the American natives in our country, uh, mostly uh, because she read Helen Hunt Jackson's book, A Century of Dishonor, relating the government's interaction with the Native Americans. And she was very much distressed with that. And she happened to be taking a trip to Europe and bumped into now, who bumps into a pope? But she bumped into <laughs> Pope Leo the Thirteenth, And having great concern, she asked the pope if he would consider sending missionaries up to Wyoming. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if any of us would just bump into a pope these days.
1: No, no, I don't think so. Although, with Pope Francis, yeah, you, you, you never, never know. know.
2: So he may be in disguise in the middle of the night if you bump into him.
1: But the fascinating thing of the story is that when she relates to Pope Leo, that, you know, she would like missionaries to be sent to Wyoming to help with the issue. The Pope's response wasn't, yes, we're going to send some missionaries. The Pope response says, have you considered being a missionary? (laughs) And this changed her life. And, uh, She visited the Dakota Sioux, she met Red Cloud, uh, and after discussion with her bishop, uh, Bishop O'Connor, she gave away her entire fortune. Uh, At the time, that was $7 million. In today's dollars, that is $200 million. How about that? She gave it away, and... uh, Became a nun, uh, started her own um, order, and began opening schools for African American children and Indian children. And uh, she is most famous for Xavier University in Louisiana, uh, the first black. Catholic University in the United States. Uh, It's interesting that, especially during the season of Lent, when we go through Lent, looking at our lives and seeing what we can change, so often, as with Catherine Drexel, our thought is, someone should do something about this. Mm -hmm. And the reminder the story of sister uh, mother drexel is that the answer may always be well can't you do something about this we may not necessarily bump into the pope and tell him what the pope should be doing rather we should get the same answer from god in our prayers that perhaps there is something that we can do So, as we journey through this season of Lent, let's always ask, what is there that I can do? What is there that I can help with? And Christianity always requires a sacrifice, and this is, again, the disciplines of Lent remind us through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving Mm -hmm. that sacrifice is a vital part of uh, our Christian life.
2: Indeed, and you just bumped into Deacon Mike Beauvais, and he told you to get to action. <laughs> there you go.
1: Uh, Got about one minute till the break. Well, then, uh, we want to do the prayer of St. Joseph, and um, let us begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O blessed Saint Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin, Mother of God, I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain from me all the knowledge and love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus And finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. We will see you all on the other side.
3: In the grave.
1: And we are back, and as promised, in a second we're going to be talking with David Miles and Adam Minahan, uh, the hosts of the Catholic Man Show, and uh, I'm joined with uh, Thaddeus Romanski, who's going to help us out on this interview, because...
0: I'm, I don't know if I'm going to help you out, but I, I'm going to be jumping in a little bit. Well... Uh, where's that mute button?
1: Uh, I think I <laughs> hit it from you. I think I took it out of your reach. Darn. Uh, well, let's welcome uh, David and Adam to the show. Welcome to the Red Sea Roundup. How are you guys?
3: We're doing great, Deacon. Yeah, Thanks for great. having us. Yeah, really excited to be here.
1: Well, I've really been looking forward to this. Uh, Thaddeus has been telling me about you guys, and uh, you know, your show is. Great. It's refreshing. It's, uh, How did you all end up starting your own Catholic radio show?
3: It was an accident. Um, we accidentally started a Catholic radio station here in Tulsa. And when we did that, we realized, hey, we own a Catholic radio station. That means we basically get to do whatever yeah, we want. We get to call the shots. And so then we decided, like, well, we can just start our own show. And really, we, because we, we run mainly EW10 radio, and we have a little bit of relevant radio in there as well. But uh, we realized there wasn't a whole lot of shows that were geared specifically towards Catholic men like in Dave and I's age range, like in our you know stage of life. And yeah. so we were, we decided, like, well, we could just do one. And originally, it was just going to be for our local Catholic radio station. And at that time, it was 2016. It was about five years ago, actually. And we decided, well, we'll just throw it up on the Internet just just for fun. And it was still when podcasts were still in their infancy stage. Uh, and so we threw it up there, and uh, then it kind of grew from there. And now we're on, I guess, I think 17 different radio stations. One non-Catholic radio station, which we're really excited about. That's, that's like, super cool. Yeah. So, uh, the thing that
1: really struck me is that you all own the radio station. And you all are doing the show. You're not like some presidents of radio stations that find suckers to do the shows for them.
3: We are the suckers.
4: (laughs) Deacon, what do you mean? (laughs) I don't know.
1: Dennis is ignoring me. So. (laughs) Now. Uh, um, Yes. Yeah. You own a Catholic radio station, you have a radio show called the Catholic Man Show. Now, have you been devout practicing Catholics your entire life, or what's your faith journey been like?
4: Yeah, great question. Um, The answer is no, we are both cradle Catholics. Adam and I actually have a very, very similar story. Um, He and I have been best friends since kindergarten. So, you know, we've been kind of following each other around for a while, which lends itself to similar stories or a lot do of the same do you really?
0: does either one of you remember the the first meeting or like the exact moment when your friendship began in kindergarten does that
3: linger around no it, I, was, it was in the playground it was, yeah are you t- are you definitely, tell definitely it? at the
4: playground no i'm not gonna tell you it because I, the story. I don't come on it. you it. can't it's do Peter Peter that Pan.
3: now you can't say oh <laughs> i'm
4: not Peter gonna Pan tell that story okay okay fine 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 <laughs> i'll tell it <laughs> Because I'm over it, okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this is, you know, this is kindergarten, circa like 1990, 1991, whatever year we were in kindergarten. And, you know, like good kindergartners, we are lining up to go to recess. Uh, You know, performance in a line was a big deal back then. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. You had to know how to line up. So there we are in line deciding who is going to be who, on the playground. Obviously we were going to play Peter Pan clearly. Okay. Uh, I, as I'm not sure if that was our routine at the time, but we were going to play Peter Pan and I said, Hey, I'll be Peter Pan today. And one of the other girls said, no, Adam's going to be Peter Pan. And I said, no, he was Peter Pan yesterday. I'm going to be Peter Pan today. And she goes, no, because apparently there's a lot, there was a lot of pretend sword fighting. And she said, he's better at doing this. And she, like, wiggled her wrist back and forth, like, as if she was pretend sword fighting. And I looked at her. I remember at the time in, in kindergarten thinking, that's ridiculous. I can do that as good as anybody. All right. And so I I was stuck being Rufio again. But Rufio dies every, every, every recess. Um, but uh, so. But now it's funny because now I like to occasionally I'll, I'll tell him, all right, Peter Pan. You know, and like, Adam, so.
0: Adam still wears green tights, right? He still likes to... Uh, right now, even. Right it's
4: now, weird. yeah, uh, yeah uh, as was, we speak. Yeah, it's, it's that was actually a big hurdle for our friendship for a long time. <laughs> but really, growing up, um, we we're both cradle Catholics. Uh, both c- come from very good, solid Catholic homes. Uh, we both learned the faith growing up. Um, and then, like a lot of people, Adam and I both... We didn't go to the same college, but we both stopped practicing in college... Um, it's not that we became anything else. Uh, really, we just became apathetic. Um, I, I, I know certainly that was the case for my, for me. I said, you know, I still believe in the things that the church teaches. I just have other preoccupations right now. Um, and so then after so college, if he I can, and ju- I,
0: I can jump in. So yeah, basically, please. you you stopped going to mass regularly, and probably you let your prayer life wane. But, but intellectually, yeah. and with most of the moral teachings of the church, you didn't abandon those. You didn't walk away from those is kind of what you're, that's sort of the picture you're painting, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, it was very similar to, uh, Oh, Saint, uh, Augustine. Augustine. Thank you. Give you me, know, you, t- give me
3: chastity, but not yet
4: Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing.
3: Okay. You, you, st- you stop, you know, worshiping the thrice holy God and start worshiping the me, myself and I.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I actually never stopped praying even in college. Cause I, I had this idea in my head that if I just
4: keep praying every day, then I'll probably be okay. But my prayers at the end of the night would go something like this, you know, make the sign of the cross and then, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. All right. And that was the end of my prayer. You know, like put your hands up over your head, like you're protecting yourself, you know, spiritually, that was my posture. Uh, so. And you probably weren't frequenting
0: and, confession. You, no, you had left no, no, that no. Wayne. Yeah.
4: I went. I went to Mass my first Sunday in college, uh, and my the second. So the second Sunday of college was the first time in my life that I had ever voluntarily missed Mass. This you know habit that I had developed that was given my whole life. It was in that first Sun the Sunday that I missed for the first time. I felt guilty. The very following Sunday when I didn't go, I didn't feel guilty at all. Uh, I mean that that's how quick it was easy it was for me to just throw off this, Hmm. this habit, this Hmm. virtue that I had. Um, so after college, Adam and I got a place together. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah.
4: And it was really just our, our friendship, uh, kind of challenging each other slowly. It wasn't like on day one, we started going back to church. Um, one of us at some point came with up with the idea of like, Hey, what if, what if we went to mass this Sunday? And he's like, ooh, that's a crazy idea. Okay. You know, and so like, we started going back to Mass and then listening to Catholic radio, actually, was a huge part of it. Um, I know that uh, kind of stoked the flame and desire of apologetics in my own life. Um, and so just little by little, we started practicing the faith more. Challenging each other right, more. Abandoning, abandoning more vices, developing more virtues. And, you know, and I think we're still doing that to this day.
1: One of the things that Thaddeus brought up in his question was that, uh, you know, you continued being Catholic, um, and he mentioned the word intellectual, and one of the things that, you know, I find that the intellectual tradition of the church is one of the first things that we ignore when we fall away. The reasoning why the church does what it does. We may still pray, but the belief in what it is that the church teaches us is easier to ignore because we're not thinking about why the church teaches what it teaches. Did you find that to be the case or did you always trust that the church's teaching was on solid ground?
3: Well, I mean, speaking for me, I always knew that the the church uh, was true. Uh, I had had no issues with what the church taught. Uh, I just I just wanted to uh, do my own thing. Uh, It was never a thing of, uh, oh, I don't think that the church is right on X, Y, or Z. I always said, like, no, I think that the church is right. Uh, I just had so much pride saying, like, I just want to do my own thing, Um, and that was kind of more for me. Uh, the The church has always had taught taught what's right, and I think I have to give that to my my parents because my parents, uh, Dave and I, like we said, my my dad and Dave's dad are best friends. Uh, and we've all gone to Catholic uh, Catholic conferences together growing up, and our parents both did a really good job of laying down the foundation of, of, of our faith to us and made it an important part of our, of our day-to-day life. And so when we got out of the home and were being able to make our own decisions, we started uh, making poor decisions, but it wasn't because of anything of I don't believe that the church is right on this. It was more of uh, the vice of curiosity. Mm.
0: So I think this is a really good conversation for parents who might be listening that we're that we're having this conversation. So can you can you think back to those years? And you know, Adam, you said you never uh, questioned is X teaching true or is Y teaching correct? Can you try to think back to how did you? Gonna get around the um hypocrisy in yourself of saying, Well, I believe everything the teach the church teaches is true, but I'm kinda gonna skirt the uh going to mass on Sunday requirement. How did you how did you square that in yourself? Or did you
3: Well my conscience well, my conscience was was constantly nagging at me, right? And I, I would be able to silence it every once in a while. Uh, I would be able to dull it in different ways every once in a while, but it would be late at night. Then it, it start picking at you, and you're wondering why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? Why mm-hmm. and it, it, you mm-hmm. act like you try to act like that? You're deep philosophically thinking. You know, like why why am I the way I am right now? And it's completely obvious why I, I am the way I am right now. I'm not living the life of virtue. I'm not living the way Christ is calling me to live. I just was like so. I dulled my conscience so much and stopped listening to it as much as what I should that it made it almost difficult for me. It's almost like you, you put a, a math equation up there and you're like, I don't understand how to make this, like how to solve this math equation. And then you realize, oh, I do know multiplication. I do know addition. I can do this. I just didn't know it at the time. I was just blinded by, by some of those thoughts. So um, that was one thing. I, I actually credit, credit it to uh, several things. I credit it to my parents who continued to pray and fast for me. Uh, And my grandparents, who continued to pray and fast for me while I'm in college, they also continued to pray that I would meet other men who had the faith. Uh, And so that is something that I think that's very important, because as a college kid, when you're trying to find yourself, when you're trying to learn, uh, you know, your own way, mom and dad, you don't want to necessarily listen to mom and dad anymore, which is wrong, obviously. But you've been listening to them for so long. Now you feel this independence. You don't think you need their advice anymore. And so it doesn't really matter almost what they say; it goes in one ear out the other. So my parents realized this and started praying that that somebody else meaningful in my life would appear and 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 have the same moral values as what they they, they raised me up. So if there is parents out there right now that are listening, that may be in this situation where they raised their kids great, you know, they raised them in the church. We went to small faith groups. We you know they they lived a sacramental life all growing up, but now they. Uh, may have fallen away from the from the church, or not going to mass every Sunday. Keep praying, keep fasting, and keep praying that they will. The other people of the faith will enter their life and help them out through their journey. I that find would be my it, suggestion. I
1: find it fascinating that the person that your parents and grandparents prayed that you would find, that had a similar uh, background and would lead you back to the faith was a person that you knew in kindergarten that you'd been friends with your whole life. That's fascinating to me.
3: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is right after college, like David said, we moved in together uh, after college and were roommates, which was what kind of propelled everything. And then uh, Dave ended up moving um, and buying his own home. And then I ended up moving right across the street. So now Dave and I live across the street from each other and our kids are growing up together and getting a chance to be friends and the, the older I get, the more I realize that it is uh, so important what a gift you can give as a parent, uh, good friends to your children.
0: Amen.
4: Totally. Yeah.
3: And so far, Adam has three boys and
4: one girl, and I have three girls and one boy. So, so we're trying to get them to sign so the dotted po- line. Exactly. Start, yes. A lot of <laughs> potential right there.
1: <laughs> good luck with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when it came, just like thinking back about your college experience, there are just some things that have in the last 10 years. There's been a lot of data that uh, as people have kind of discovered. One of the things is that when your kid is going to college, you have they have about 48 hours uh, where if they don't set foot on the Catholic student center, if there is a Catholic student center within that 48 hour window, the chances of them getting plugged into that community drop. Just, it's just a drastically it's just drag. They go to zero very, very quickly outside of that window. So for parents who, you know, have kids going to college, that is something to make sure as much as you can, you know, you can't some point you just can't make them do stuff anymore, but, um, get them plugged in to the Catholic student center. And also something that people didn't realize at the time when Adam and I were going to college is just, oh. Uh, you have to be very careful and selective where you let your children go to college. Hey, okay. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. It, it, if I mean, my kids are also young, so it's I can't really say this for certain. But my feelings right now is that I would never let them go to a college um, that was, you know, not a very solid Catholic. You know, like if if
3: they didn't have it's a strong, not like yeah.
4: Benedictine Or Steubenville, you know, or uh, or have
3: a strong, really strong Newman Center at right, a very active Newman Center at the college. I mean, because Newman Center wasn't even uh, where we went to school. That wasn't even a thing when we were in college. It wasn't on our campus at all. So it was even harder to get plugged in to other people of the same mind frame of the same faith. Yeah. So just stuff like that. It's just very important.
1: Now, how did you two guys? end up with a radio station i mean you had this reversion part of it due to ewtn and other programs on the radio but i'm assuming that the thought that we can do this you know run a radio station never crossed your mind so how'd that happen
4: no No, yeah it adam jokingly said it we kind of did it on accident but that's actually not a joke that really is kind of what happened sort of Uh, I was over at Adam's house one day and I got an email from this guy who said, uh, literally the email said, Dave, I have a crazy idea for a new radio station in Broken Arrow, but you have to call me tonight if we're going to pull this off. Jeff. And it was the weirdest email I'd ever received. And I showed it to Adam and I was like just kind of laughing about it. Like, look how weird this email is. And I told him, I don't know what he wants, but I'm sure it's money. And the thing about me, the thing about the thing about me is that I don't have any money. Right. So uh, and that was certainly true at the time. Right? Yeah. So I wasn't going to call him, but Adam just said, call him, just see what he wants. And so I was I start. I called him and he was going into all this stuff all of a sudden about there's this window closing in the FCC to apply for a low power radio station. We need somebody who will incorporate themselves and then the next thing I realized, Adam and I were incorporating ourselves online and applying for this radio station. I, I think we both kind of blacked out for a, a few minutes. And then when we came to, we just had a radio station.
3: It was, that's really what happened. And we found out later that this guy, Jeff, he, he runs the Oklahoma City Catholic radio stations. And we realized that we were the last ditch effort to try to make this go in Broken Arrow. He had asked other people. Uh, people wavered. They they said no, uh, and and they they found two suck. He found two suckers at the very end that would be willing to do it. So <laughs> who, who didn't know who didn't know any better? That was really what the thing was. He's like, well, this is a shot in the dark, but maybe they don't know any better. Yeah, and, and so what, and year we'll what year was that? What year was that? Two thousand. 12 or 13 that was 13. 2012 and we got on air 2013
0: yeah okay yeah. so so you all had been uh, on the air for about three years when we first crossed paths in 2016 tell mm-hmm. tell that story from y'all's end of how we all yeah. met and why yeah because that was that's very a pretty exciting. neat story yeah
4: it was very exciting um uh our bishop bishop edward slattery preview our, our bishop emeritus i should say um he had he was retiring. Um, and so we had our new Bishop appointed Bishop David Condola, who your audience I'm sure is, is familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, he spent a lot of time and long time in college station. Um, he was, he was appointed as the next Bishop of the Diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. And so we were going to do a a live broadcast of his, um, mass where he was going to be ordained.
3: And, uh, at that time, we'd never done a live broadcast yeah, this before. Was, this was
4: our first shot. And luckily, there were some people from Red Sea Radio who uh, knew how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, yeah, one, the there was Den- one guy. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he came and he had like this small little portable thing. And I was just sitting there with wide eyes as he was clicking buttons on the computer. And all of a sudden, here we were live on the radio Uh, with another guy that your audience is going to be very familiar with uh, by the name of Thaddeus Romanski. Yeah. Uh, And we, Adam, actually, Thaddeus, Adam and I were talking about how, like, cool of a name that is. And you have really great hair. You know, I feel like a guy with the name Thaddeus Romanski, he's he's definitely got great hair. You're
0: talking about the hair on the top Mm -hmm. of my head, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. And sure enough, it's like exactly what i pictured right there so anyway yeah you guys came up to tulsa for the ordination mass um and thaddeus adam and i the three of us we uh commentated live during the ordination which is a weird thing to do because you know <laughs> it's almost like you're at a golf game exactly you know? like, all right. okay now he's putting the the red cap on top of his hat he's, he's got a, a t- he's know he, the bishop is two steps below so he's gonna have to reach down. Okay. Let's, oh, we, he did it. That was great. David that was beautiful form. Down. Beautiful he's form. Down on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so it was just kind of funny doing a live so broadcast think, during recall, the mass.
0: Adam, Adam, and Dennis did the video commentation, commentating, and you and I, David, did the for the audio only. Right? Is that right? What I remember.
3: I, so I know I, I was on audio I only. Remember, I don't remember, but.
2: Yeah. I, I was on it was, the, just, it was fun. I was on their internet broadcast yeah. side. There, there. I worked with an ordered priest from that diocese. Oh, okay. And we went. They picked me to go international. They just had you guys do the local stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, that that, that was prudence. Prudence at play right there. Yes. Was, <laughs> that was very smart.
2: Very smart. Yes. Yeah. Very very smart. Right.
3: But
0: that was a that was a lot a lot of fun and um, just such a totally unexpected great, you know additional gift of going up there and meeting all the all the Catholics and Catholic families there in Tulsa, getting a little taste of that Catholic culture there in Oklahoma. Um, my favorite easily my favorite part of that trip was driving up there and making a wrong turn and having to drive for an hour on the Indian National Highway the wrong direction until I could turn around. Yeah. That was really yeah, enjoyable. No exit. Exactly. Yeah, one t- that was there's absolutely no way terrible. Off. Yeah. <laughs> I was there with I had three screaming kids in the car. My wife was beside herself. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> yeah. And we were well, on that know, thing that for an like, hour.
4: There's nothing. There's nothing out there to exit to. Yeah. So there's no exit because it's like, well, what are you gonna go what to? Do you wanna stop I and guess, look at that tree I over there? So. <laughs> And it was at night. Supposedly dark. There's a raccoon who lives in this part of the woods. I'd right. like to have an exit here so <laughs> I could visit him.
1: I've always thought there's a, the reason there's no buckies in Oklahoma is because there's no exits.
4: <laughs> we're we're getting we have a buckies now. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We have our first buckies. All right. Awesome. Or is it being built? Uh, no, it it just got finished not too long ago in
3: Oklahoma City or?
4: Uh, no, it's like because you know they don't put buckies in mm. cities. They put them kind of like outside towns and stuff. Yeah.
3: Okay, cool. I didn't know that. I so go back, go back now and t- talk a
0: little bit more about y'all's y'all don't just have a radio station, you actually have a radio network. Talk a little bit about how that got built out and and what that who that serves, how that serves people.
3: Yeah, so the guy who who asked us to to, to start the the radio station, his name is Jeff, and he had the Oklahoma City di- Archdiocese there kind of on lockdown and he had a lot of those stations taken care of. And, and a lot of those people were being served with Catholic radio in that area. But in eastern Oklahoma, we didn't have anything really. And so that's why he asked us to, to take over there. And our goal is obviously to get uh, Oklahoma Catholic radio all across Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so he said, if you guys can start here, then we can kind of work our way uh, in Tulsa and then we can kind of develop a an audience and people would start getting used to listening to Catholic radio We can develop more and, and then we can start spreading out. And so our goal is going to be our next goal is going to be uh, we want to get in McAllister, which is right next to a penitentiary. And we have the opportunity of hopefully getting a Catholic radio right right there. Oh, wow. There's a lot Fantastic. of opportunity
4: there. Yes. Uh, in it's fact- a, and it's a it's a maximum security penitentiary. So it's, it, you know, it's just not run
3: of the mill. Yeah, clientele. So we so we want to. So we wanna, that's that's something that we really want to do. We have one that we were wanting to get at in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. That's our next goal as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have we have several. So our goals are, are to continue spreading out and, and growing. We have uh, the broke We have Tulsa covered. Our, our radio station right now can can hit 1.1 million people at this time. So what's wow. the feedback that's awesome, been?
1: Guys. What's the feedback been? To you all starting the Catholic radio station in Tulsa, from the listening audience. Well, you guys audience. know this, right? You
3: know, yeah, you guys know this, right? You, you you start it, you get you get working at it. You're trying to get everything up and running. You get the you get the get it launched, and then you're like, okay, are people even listening? Exactly. You know, you, you're not really sure. You know, like I don't know. I have no metrics. I have no analytics to say these people are listening at this time. I have no demographics. I don't know who's listening when. But the Lord always seems to kind of give you a little bit of, like, here's a little bit of the fruit from your labor, especially in the times of need, right? There are times when, when, when Dave and I have been kind of like, man, we have, we have day jobs, we have our families, we're trying to run a radio station, we have a radio show, we're kind of feeling maxed out. Like, is this even worth it? Are we, are we doing this in vain? Or are we trying to do this, uh, you know, and it's not working, it's not serving the public? And then it seems like anytime we have those type of feelings or those type of thoughts in our head... We get this email that says, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an agnostic or I'm atheist, but I really appreciate how you guys uh, are, are fair and honest and you're not trying to beat anybody down with your beliefs, but you're just trying to show your worldview and, and be open to uh, different people's comments or uh, oh, I, I was pro choice, and now I'm pro life because of this this show. So thank you guys for that. You know, yeah, so or I'm joining RCIA, or I'm joining yeah. RCIA. We have even had a guy say like, Hey, I'm I'm uh, considering entering the the seminary now after listening. Uh, he was an agnostic, and now he's considering entering entering the seminary. Wow. And so it's like all these times, things had, those kind of things happen, right? And you just kind of you give thanks to God that you know that that He's working through this medium and. That you just want to just continue being on on the team and and keep working to to grow the kingdom.
1: I think that uh, this is one of the things I've always thought. You know, when people ask, uh, you know, about miraculous healings and this sort of thing, that you know, why isn't everybody healed? But I think God provides us hope in little doses to keep us motivated, because if everything is successful. Where's the motivation? We have to be working towards something. And I think the same thing was here at Red Sea. You know, you're starting out, you're wondering, you know, is this going to be worth it? Is it going to be successful? Is anybody going to care? And you get one or two emails. And my life was changed by listening to this radio station. And you go, hey, it's worthwhile.
3: Right. Yeah, because I, mean, I mean, think about that. If even one life has changed, one one soul gets to enter the kingdom of heaven that was not on the trajectory of entering the kingdom of heaven, eternity has now been changed forever, yes. right? There's one more soul in the kingdom, and so uh, we can't. A lot of times, conceptually, value like what the soul, is, you know, the worth the worth of a soul um, in in this life. A lot of times, I think we try to, but well, how can you? Yeah, I mean, um, but. In the next life, when we're on the other side of the veil, we will we will see just the beauty and, and the excitement of being able to continue seeing more and more of the body of Christ. It's almost like
4: now we see through a mirror dimly. Hmm. <laughs> Who said that? Oh. Or something.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I said that. That was David Niles. <laughs> you can quote me. <laughs> quote well, you know,
4: um,
0: we've gotten a sample of y'all's wit and also y'all's intelligence, and the listeners can't see your good looks, but we can here in the studio. So, and y'all mentioned families and children at some point. So at some point y'all talked, each talked a girl into taking a chance on you and marrying you. Um, how did that happen? (laughs) How did that happen? We got about 13 minutes left and we have some other topics we want to hit too, but tell that story and and how was that a part of y'all's faith journey and your maturation of your Catholic faith?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was really by the grace of God. Uh, I still don't know why my wife married me. She Um, she used to be a lot funnier. She did used to be a lot funnier. But, you know, like when you hang out with somebody, you kind of like act. You tend to be more like them over time. And it's like her jokes used to be so good. And now they're they're just not as they're not as sharp as they used to be. And I realized that that is my fault. You know, I I, sad. I I get that. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad that she didn't have the effect
0: of making you funnier. That's too bad.
4: Right. I, well, she <laughs> brought her down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, my wife, uh, she was a, a cradle Catholic in like just the best way where she never fell away. She was just, she's this just virtuous woman who, uh, really inspires me. She has brought, I mean, I know for a fact that I am a significant holier man because of her today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love her very deeply for that. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, actually, in that same kindergarten class, me, Adam, and then our buddy, who is now Father Sean O'Brien, um, I married his sister, Father Sean's sister. So, in this, kid, we have all these pictures of Father Sean, Adam, and I, and so the O'Briens and, and us go way back as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Which is pretty cool. Yeah.
3: And I met my wife in, in college, and at that time, I was not you know, really practicing my faith, but she knew... That I was Catholic because I, I I didn't shy away from from saying that I was Catholic. I didn't like hide, you know, that I was Catholic. I, I wasn't like ashamed of it at all. But I just wasn't practicing as much. And as I started practicing my faith more, we started getting uh, a little more and more serious. And she realized that this this change that was happening uh, in me. She had not been baptized. She was not. Uh, she was from uh, the West Coast, and so she she did not have a practicing faith at the time. Uh, but she realized that. Uh, the, that I was changing and I had some principles that I was starting to stand firm on and, and make some some strong stances. And so anyway, uh, she, I convinced her to marry me and she fell in love uh, with the Lord. She's a much holier woman than, than a much holier person than I am. Uh, she re- received five sacraments in three months. So it was just a shower of grace in those three months. It was just like, boom, just dropped the grace hammer down on her. Um, and she's just uh, a wonderful wife and a, a, and a great mother. We homeschool our children, so she's a great teacher as I well. Love, I love the Grace Hammer. It's I know that, it's oh. it's, the, it's the great, it's the best of all hammers. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So anyway, that's that's kind of our story in a short, in short.
0: Wonderful, wonderful.
4: Uh, so then, but, uh, I, just a little bit about our show, just so for the for the listeners who aren't, maybe aren't familiar, uh, we do three things on every episode. Because they, that's actually where was going to go next. No, that's where
3: I was going to go, next. Uh, no, oh, okay. gonna go See, next. David anticipated
4: the, perfectly. The spirit, the spirit, and I, the Holy Spirit and I, Thaddeus, we are just buddy buddy. He always he's always telling me stuff like this, like, "Hey, okay." I also Thaddeus texted you
0: that that's where I was going to go next. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't text David.
4: <laughs> no, I'm also. I'm also kidding. But uh, <laughs> God willing, someday maybe. Uh, we do three things on every episode. The first thing we do is. We open, review, and enjoy a manly beverage. So typically, we're, we'll be pouring a glass of scotch or having a having an, a beer. Um, we always we always try to drink a, a good, have a good drink. So you know we're not going to be drinking Bud Light on the show. I mean, if Bud Light is your jam, if that's like your favorite beer, then drink it. That's great. Uh, it's not our favorite beer at all. So um, we always have a good a good drink. There's something about Having a good drink with your brothers, it just facilitates a good conversation. Um, It it lifts you up. Can I can I jump in and ask a question about that? Now
0: I've I've watched your show a little bit, and I'm curious: how come you all don't ever do a mixed drink? It seems like it's always just something you know, neat or on the rocks. One, but why no why no cocktails in there?
1: Let me answer this for you. I've always believed that if you have to mix your drink with something, you need a better grade of liquor.
4: <laughs> you have not
1: lived, my friend. You have not lived yet.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, that's a good question. We we have done a couple mixed drinks. Uh, honestly, we haven't. We just haven't done a lot. We really like whiskey. Uh huh. Um, and so that that Lines tends to, to that. yeah. Gotcha. You know, kind of like oh, well, I'd, hey, let's have this. But there, I I agree with you, Thaddeus, uh, Miss Doctor Romansky, uh, <laughs> that there is a craftsmanship to. Indeed, mixing a a drink well. Yes, um, and there is also an element of hospitality because not everyone who comes over to your house is going to enjoy uh, Lafroig Ten Year. Exactly. Um, exactly. And thank God because then they would drink it. Uh, <laughs> and that's my that, that's mine. <laughs> that's right? your jam. That's your jam. Um, that's right.
0: your Bud Light. Uh, yeah,
4: yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So it, there is a uh, to be a good host. It is. I think everybody should have a couple mixed drinks in their back pocket Mm -hmm. that that they are crowd pleasers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but we drink. We do get a lot of pushback on this sometimes where people say, oh, you're drinking on the show. And, you know, one of the things that we tell them is that God made the things of this earth good and they should be enjoyed for their goodness. Um, It gives us the opportunity to promote the virtue of temperance and moderation. Um, uh, It's just easier to do when you're doing it. Right. You can talk about it all, all you want. On our show, we decided, well, we're going to do it because also it's delicious. Um, and so we promote this idea of holy leisure and just having a good drink. Uh, C.S. Lewis. No, no, no. Who was it? that a G.K. 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 Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton. Thank you. Uh, he said that the pipe, the pint and the cross, they all go very well together. Um, so the next thing we do on our show is we highlight a man gear of some kind. Um, this is just dude stuff. Just anything that guys have and like. I mean, if something can be considered manly, like a pocket knife, for instance, then there's some manly virtue that is exemplified in that thing. There's something about manhood that can be drawn out of this thing. Um, And so it's just gives us another lens by which to view masculinity um, Mm -hmm. from the accoutrement of manhood. Um, and so then the, the final thing we do, the last half of the show is we just have a topic. Um, our show is all about virtue. We, we just seek to inspire men to return to the, uh, the pursuit of the virtuous life as the good life, as Aristotle calls it. Um, because men are made for virtue. The word virtue literally means the powers of man. Um, and it's a, a notion that has really fallen out of, uh, it's just not a popular, notion anymore in our culture as it it used to be. So, well, everything is extreme now, right? right. I mean, that's, it's extreme excess or extreme depravity. Right. Yeah. It's either, uh, you know, zero carbs or, you know, you should be able to, you're healthy at any size, right? I mean, like those are both, both extremes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the virtue is in the middle. It's, always the the perfect moderation between those two extremes and when you do that when you seek a life of virtue you find yourself living uh, quite naturally even if even for a non-believer if you're an atheist but you seek to live a virtuous life you will find yourself living the moral life now you won't have uh, you know this sanctifying grace that a Christian uh, enjoys virtues right exactly um, but you can you will find yourself living the moral life. If you strive for virtue, and you will also find yourself happy.
0: Okay, That's okay, Aristotle. Okay. So now, where can <laughs> where can people uh, right now get your show? Right now, where can they check it out?
3: If you go check out myspace.com slash the catholic. <laughs> no, I'm just uh, I'm just joking. Uh, no, you can go to the dot com. Or you we can, actually do have a MySpace. Page. I did. So I made that. <laughs> actually, we do we, have one. We made that joke the other day, or uh, a while back. Uh, a while yeah. back, and we were like, you know what? We should open one up we're just, just gonna in case. Do it, right. But uh, no, you can go to the dot That's that's our website. It's also on all of our pod. You know, any podcast that you want to look at, you can you, you can go go there. Just type in the Catholic Man Show. And, and y'all we'll do it in up. video,
0: right? Y'all are on YouTube. People can watch the show, correct?
3: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, and it's actually probably better in on YouTube because you get to hear in between segments. You get to hear kind of the whole thing on YouTube compared to the podcast, kind of right. the unscripted. Yeah. And we'll, Exactly. Not, not that any of it is scripted. Oh, it's but, not uh, scripted. <laughs> and it's also never edited.
4: If we say something dumb, then we just kind of keep going we and kinda say it. kind of laugh at like, well, ourselves. And that was, a, that dumb, was, it was a dumb thing to say. Couldn't have <laughs> said that. Yeah.
0: But that's only Adam who does that, right? He only commits that fault. Right. I mean, I do yeah. that a
4: lot. Yes, I'm, I, I didn't want to say it.
1: I, <laughs> well, we got about three yeah. three minutes left. Well, um, one thing I was going to ask is... Um, your show seems to me to be a bit of an unintentional counterpoint to this ridiculous notion of toxic masculinity. Did you give any thought to that when you thought, let's do this show to that? Or was it just the grace of God?
3: No, because whenever we first started the show, that, that notion hadn't even really been talked about that much. It wasn't popularized at that point. What we really realized is that as we were continually growing in the, in, in our in, in pursuit of the holy life, we realized that we needed other men around us. We needed other like-minded men around us. We needed a community. We were made for community. And so we kind of replicated uh, one of our men's groups that we had and u- utilized that and brought it into the show. Uh, Because we wanted to just kind of be as down to earth and uh, in front of the campfire, if you will, feeling and have just a a normal, casual conversation at all possible. So that's kind of more where where it came. And then obviously, whenever the toxic masculinity came in, which is uh, a whole nother topic for a different time, maybe. But um, we do believe in toxic masculinity. It's called effeminate masculinity. It's called weak, (laughs) uh,
4: uh, a man who's ruled by his passions. He would be, that would be a perfect example of toxic masculinity. If you want to be a real man, you would be strong, you'd be uh, stout in the virtues, you know who you are, you have mastered your passions, um, you are in control of yourself, and you have submitted yourself ultimately to the reality, to the world around you, which is God, and um, you seek to serve His holy will. That was
0: very well put. Well, they've been Thank at you. this for a while, Deacon. I mean, they're pretty I've polished. Practiced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, in a lot of the other areas of their life, here. you know, it's a little ragged, but on this stuff, they're yeah. pretty—they're pretty polished.
3: Yeah, yeah. Don't bring our wives up here. I don't know what they would say. <laughs> have they ever made an appearance
0: on the show? They,
3: they have. have. Yeah, they have. They, uh, our, what was it? Wasn't our hundred? Was it our hundredth episode? No, no. It was a different. But yes, they have. They have been on the show. We had a a, a full segment where we had people ask question, bring in questions, and we. They submitted it, and then we just talked about our, our the domestic church. We talked about you know us being together. Yeah.
1: Now, do they provide feedback to your shows when you get home?
4: In private, yes, yes.
3: yes. <laughs> all of our good, all of our good ideas come from our wives. Yeah. When they, They'll they'll bring up uh, all of the the topics, and they're like, "Yeah, that is a good topic. We should talk about that." So I, I can't tell you how many times it's like, "All right, I'll be
4: telling my wife, Lady Pamela, like this is our topic. I can't think of a good." Uh, man gear, and she gives me the best answer. So.
0: All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. Uh, we are out of time. We're going to let y'all go, but uh, we hope we'll be seeing a lot more of
1: you soon.
3: Yes, absolutely. We're looking forward thanks to Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for being on. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening and uh, check out the Catholic Man Show on the podcast or YouTube. And uh, next week, Gene Wilhelm will be your host on the Red Sea Roundup. Until then, when considering the many ways which you might share your time, talents, and treasure with people of God, always round up.